Good Sunday morning. This is Hashtag Everyone talking about Hashtag Everything. I'm Kate Doherty, and I'm here with my co-host today, Heather Day, as Keely is still off gallivanting around the country somewhere. Lord <laughs> only nice. knows. <laughs> it must be nice. Anyway, who who wouldn't want to be Keely, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. So we're also back. Our guest today is Ann Fouch, who last week we had her on, and she was talking about um, all things autism and the differences that occur there, and specifically the different strands and variances and co-occurrence and what that kind of looks like. Um, however, we've also in recent weeks, we had the folks from Dream Big, which was Quincy Public School on, you know, and, and they had a fantastic fundraiser. And then coming up on November 23rd, QND, which is uh, the parochial school system, or one of the many parochial school systems in the area, is having QND Extravaganza, which is a fundraiser. But in the course of those shows, one of the things we kind of talked about and school choice, I guess, is that hot button word that everybody gets all itchy, scratchy about these days. However, you know, the U.S. Constitution guarantees a parent a right to make education and medical decisions related to their child. And on one of the other shows, I shared that I have one friend who has one kiddo in public, one kiddo in parochial, and homeschools one child. And wow. the reason, yeah, I know, it'd be a <laughs> lot to juggle. I'm like, whoa, that's not the easiest ball of wax to, to manage. <laughs> yeah. However, having said that, the reason she did that was because of the u- unique needs of all three of her children. And all three of the kids are excelling and flourishing in the environment that, that they learn best. Worth and the extra effort then. I think it is worth the extra yeah. effort because at the end of the day, that's what we all want, right, is for our kiddos to, to do and live their best. All of our kids, typical and non-typical, we all want them to live their fullest, to their fullest potential. And so for me, that's where, quote unquote, school choice. And when I say school choice, I'm talking about public parochial and homeschooling options. And so today, that's one of the choices that Anne ultimately ended up making was to homeschool. And so since we've paid homage to the public school and do quite frequently, and since we've paid homage to the parochial <laughs> school and do quite frequently, we're also going to talk about this, this thing called homeschooling because there are a whole lot of misconceptions, I think, about what homeschooling is and what it isn't. And so, Anne, I know that when you were a little girl, you dreamed of being a homeschool mom. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> I played a lot of school at home with my sister and... Um, my older son, Carter, um, has asked me multiple times to homeschool him. I think he thinks it would just be a big vacation. <laughs> well, Ella, Ella would be delighted if I said I was going to homeschool um, him, but that's a whole other story. And even though I have my degree in, you know, early childhood education, I have my teaching certificate, I've taught, you know, early childhood education elementary school, I never thought that I would, um, you know, that I would homeschool. But we... Uh, we tried kindergarten in a public school with Drew, and it just was not a good fit. Um, as you can imagine, that school, honestly, public school is one big demand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean that bad. Like I said, I've been a public no, school teacher. I've got one child in, in public desk. school. Yeah. This is where you're going to sit. This is what I need you to do. This is how you should do it. This is when you're going to do it. This is when you need to stop doing it. This is when we're going to get up and go to someplace else. And so for a kid who's demand avoidant and 
who um, struggles with transitions. Um, as you mentioned, co-occurring um, diagnosis. Drew also has sensory processing disorder and ADHD. So you throw all that in there, and public school just turned out not to be a great fit for him. So that's when um, my husband and I decided uh, that I would homeschool. And furthermore, um, I've learned <laughs> as I've gone along with Drew, um, because I had to research homeschooling. I didn't know you know, all that much about it, to be honest. Um, well, and it's really fascinating. I mean, in the state of Missouri, actually, technically, mandatory education isn't until, what, age seven? Correct. Yeah, which I find intriguing. I just have to put my little <laughs> geek hat on for our listeners. So developmentally, basically, children truly at the age of seven is when they're ready to learn. They, can, they learn and are learning all the way through sure. from the time they pop out of the womb. But I find it really fascinating because we had a neuropsych, actually. Tony has a, a strong family history of dyslexia within his family. So we actually took Ella before she ever entered um, kindergarten because she was doing reversals. And for our listeners who don't know, reversals are where, like, the letter B is written as a letter D or the letter so on and so forth. And so those – anyway, we were concerned. And the preschool said, I don't think there's a problem, but she does have these. So before she entered kindergarten, we actually took her to a neuropsych. And the neuropsych was very informative for Miss Ella, but also said no, because if had she had dyslexia, we would have seen the neurological disturbance. Sure. Um, and so that would have been a whole different treatment approach, very similar to what you're talking about with Drew. But um, one of the, the pieces of, of understanding what that could or couldn't look like is in the process, she said basically by the, when kids reach age seven, is when their brains become hardwired to kind of like the synapses. That's kind of the age that everything like, not necessarily that they have to suddenly love reading or anything like that, but that that those things kind of we know that they're fully developed and they're really ready to learn. And she she said, you know, this is one of the reasons that I have some concerns about some of the really strenuous and rigorous academic pieces that we're putting on kids in the younger and early childhood, she said from a medical, neurological, and developmental standpoint, we're asking kids to climb Mount Everest <laughs> when they're just ready to be Jack and Jill going up and down the hill. And and that's where you hear a lot about the play base. Sorry, I just had to put that kind of in there because I think a lot of people don't know. I went to kindergarten when I was five or four. You know, everybody should be able to do that. Well, depends on your brain. Your brain may not be ready but if you start kindergarten at four and your brain's not ready for three years, then that's kindergarten, first grade, second grade, that you now have been the kid who's not doing as good as everybody else. And we know that it kind of balances out, but that's a, that's a strong message to send to a formative psyche. Anyway, right. just kind of tossing that and in And to there. be honest, I was surprised when I saw that Missouri's uh, age isn't, you know, you mm -hmm. don't have to start technically homeschooling until they're seven um so I was surprised to see that but um and I would agree and with Drew's autism um he a lot of the kids um with autism not all obviously but they also socially function a few years behind so when you think about you're starting him in kindergarten at five but socially he might still be around three mm -hmm. then that's really mm -hmm. a huge gap oh absolutely um so anyway, I, uh, it's been a learning experience for me. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, uh, I learned very quickly that just um, 
doing what I normally did as a teacher for a kindergarten student wasn't going to work for Drew. <laughs> so uh, think how great you'd be in a classroom, you know. Now, like, oh, man. trust me, I've thought, man, I wish I would have known this when I was in the classroom. Um, it, it honestly would be very beneficial for um, a lot of teachers, not just in the autism, but just the behaviors that the information I've learned about, you know, behaviors and why kids act the way they do or behave the way they do. But anyway, I came across unschooling, which when I first read about it, I thought, this sounds bad, but I thought, that's crazy. You just kind of let the kid choose like what they're interested in and you just kind of go wherever they go. And I well, because, but also with unschooling, you had to do it because it also helped make him feel safe when it came to approaching academics in any form. Because once you try it and it doesn't work out, then suddenly we don't want to do any of it because we exactly. got the fight or flight up, right? Yes. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so, actually, um, there's de-schooling and unschooling. De-schooling is when, after he had been in public school and had um, experienced a lot of anxiety and, you know, not wanting to go and such, de-schooling is where you just kind of take your foot off the pedal and just let him, quote, be. Um, cool down. And, cool down. You just, you know, decompress. You don't, you just let him be. You don't address anything having to do with school. And then um, unschooling is what works best for Drew. And that truly is taking an area that he's interested in and then just working all the subject areas um, and learning into that. So for example, Legos, he loves Legos and he builds amazing things with Legos. And so really, if you stop and think about it, you can teach about every subject through Legos. Even reading, you can, you know, read and then you can talk about, you know, the characters and he can build the characters or you can talk about setting, you know, where, where's this taking place? Oh, on a farm? You mm -hmm. can build Lego, you know, a farm with Legos that, and math, of course, is, you know, pretty obvious. Um, science, you can build different things and try different experience, uh, experiments. So I love that. I love mm -hmm. that. That's neat. It's actually a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. Well, you know, one of the things that, that strikes me about this is, um, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to save this when we come back because I want to I wanna talk a little bit more um, about, like, this particular, like, how it's a little bit more fun. But it's also, ironically, so much more old school than what you would think it is traditionally. So, anyway, this is Hashtag Everyone talking about Hashtag Everything. I'll be right back. I learn. I speak. I care. Hashtag every child. Down country. Because every child is a gift. Every child can learn. And every child learns differently. Up at downcountry.com. Up at downcountry.com. Or call 217-617-3568. 217-617-3568. Or visit Down Country on Facebook or Twitter. Hashtag every child. Don't you think it's time for a financial advisor who takes time to explain things? Brad Kurz, your local Edward Jones financial advisor, does. Investing can seem complicated. That's why he takes time to listen, understands your needs, and explains without jargon. Experience the Edward Jones difference. Contact Brad today, 573-221-1302. That's 221-1302. Making time to take time. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Branching Out LLC, a premier lawn and landscaping service that can meet all your residential and commercial needs. Regardless of the season, Branching Out offers a service for maintenance-free outside living. Branching Out takes the time to listen to your needs and ensure it's done correctly the first time. If you're not satisfied, Branching Out is not satisfied. 
To contact Branching Out, call 573-501-0760 or visit them at www.branchingoutllc.com. I learn, I speak, I care. Hashtag every child. Down country, because every child is a gift. Every child can learn, and every child learns differently. Up at downcountry.com. Up at downcountry.com or call 217-617-3568. 217-617-3568. Or visit Down Country on Facebook or Twitter. Hashtag every child. Good Sunday morning. This is Hashtag Everyone, talking about Hashtag Everything. I'm here with my co-host, the Heavenly Heather Day, and with <laughs> Ann Fouch. And Ann, um, today we're actually, like I said earlier in the show, we talked about public school, we've talked about parochial school, and now we're going to talk about homeschooling, which is something Ann never thought she would do. <laughs> However, we're in this kind of delightful approach of talking about unschooling, which is where you're basically following a child's area of interest to teach your core subject areas. And I didn't want to get into this before we went on the break, but for me, I'm always a fan. I call it the one-room schoolhouse model. And I get a lot of flack because everybody says, what? You're the techno. You want iPads and you want all this. Well, yeah, but I want iPads so that we can teach core content through a child's area of interest so that we can make learning interactive and meaningful because since I taught high school and taught the younger kiddos, but I taught high school, by the time kids came to me, they hated reading. <laughs> they hated the entire process. And it broke my heart. And dude, if you're a public school teacher out here, kudos to you because you have a really hard job. Don't even <laughs> think that, like I'm saying, everybody needs to homeschool their kid. Oh, That's no. not. <laughs> Both of my I parents actually, were teachers and I knew I couldn't do that job. Like the, it's, It is really hard. And But however, in this case, you have to make a decision that's best for your kiddo. And I really do like the one-room schoolhouse model. I wish our teachers could could operate under those guidelines because in the one-room schoolhouse model, you would have had different readers. You would have had, if you were going to have Johnny do some math or some geometry, he would be building and figuring out some of the, like you would be building a project. You would be building a chicken coop or a hen house or you would be doing a project. And I just feel like that form of learning, and when I look at that generation who is able to operate under that, instead of the worksheet cookie cutter model that we have, and that's not any teacher's fault, that's just the bureaucracy and the way it is. So anyway, I left. Tell me more about unschooling. I want to hear more about I have to say, my dad, you know, went to a one-room schoolhouse. I know. I mean, Glenn Griesbaum. (laughs) I mean, like, some of the most fantastic people I know in my entire life went to the one-room schoolhouse. That's right. Well, and then I laugh because sometimes I hear the pranks they pulled in the one-room schoolhouse, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, you would be in jail. (laughs) Like, there is no way you cannot do that in a public school these days. So anyway, (laughs) you couldn't just recreate the public school at home. So yes, because because, and again, I just want to reiterate that obviously I have one son in public school and the other one I'm homeschooling. So for me, it's all about what works for your Mm -hmm. child individually. Absolutely. Um, And then, like I said, I just Drew has Drew's been teaching me since the day. (laughs) He was born about everything. (laughs) And so he has pretty much taught me what he needs um, Mm -hmm. as far as learning and then what obviously won't work. The other thing that Drew has really taught me is that, um, you know, we're always given these developmental checklists from your pediatrician. Or I was a parent educator and I handed those out when I went to homes. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) you know, and for me, again, 
Carter kind of was ahead of most checklists, and Drew was always behind. Drew has always gotten there. Um, he may, you know, come screeching in at the last moment, <laughs> but he always gets there. And so that is another thing I would just say um, that I've learned with homeschooling is just because he just turned seven in September, he should, you know, technically should be in the first grade. Um, even though he's maybe not where if I was in a public school classroom, he's mm-hmm. meeting, you know, he's meeting all the expectations for first grade. Um, he also is excelling far beyond in some things and Mm -hmm. he's behind in other things but the beauty of homeschooling is I know that he I personally know that he will get there and that we can work with that so Mm -hmm. if he's ahead in things we can go that direction if he's behind in things or he's not ready for it or quite frankly with Drew he's not interested and doesn't Mm -hmm. want anything to do with it we just kind of let it lie Mm -hmm. so that's the beauty for me is that just the flexibility of being able to make it work for Drew um, and the unschooling again is just all about, and again, I, when I read about it, I thought this like really just the kids in charge, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I was like, oh wait, that's Drew. <laughs> He's in charge well, with think- his demand of waiting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's just, it's beautiful though, because it allows me to take his interest and just go, you know, go with it. Well, but think about it in an adult world, like I remember one time Tony to my husband is he used to be an electric, like he likes to wire things and he likes to weld and build things. And <clears throat> it is, that is all incredibly outside of my wheelhouse. So one time he got this brilliant idea. We had a garage in the house we lived in. And he goes, I'm going to teach you how to wire the garage. He goes, we'll do it together. It'll be a wonderful, fun project. And I looked at him <laughs> and I said, honey, I love you. And, you know, I think it is amazing that you want to wire the garage. <laughs> I, however, have, like, zero desire. I have no desire to learn how to do this. He's like, oh, but you could do it. I'm like, I'm certain that I could do this. I don't want to do this. I don't <laughs> sure. want to learn it. I don't want any part of it. And to this A little day, demand avoidance going on there, Kate. <laughs> no, there was a lot of demand avoidance going on. But in the adult world, I don't get forced to go wire a garage. I might ultimately have to suck it up if I had to wire the garage and learn how to do it, which I would sure. despise the whole time. However, it's not my wheelhouse. It's not my base. It's not my strength. Quite frankly, if I wired the garage, it would probably burn down <laughs> because it's not ever going to be a strength. And I, and I think that's one of those things in the adult world. You don't somebody may work at a job they don't like, but if they don't like the job, that probably has to do with human potential or the interactions they're receiving. However, most of us, you chose to be a teacher. We choose what what area we want to. We aren't, you aren't out running heavy construction equipment because that is not, (laughs) that's not not my wheelhouse. Well, one of our previous guests guests that I was um, here for was Aaron Wolf. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he talked about was, you know, people give him grief because he can't spell, mm-hmm. but he's got an award-winning film out there. So, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, so I can't spell great, but I'm doing what I do, and I'm doing it what, really well. So That reminds me again of my dad. He yeah. was amazing at math and horrible at spelling, but <laughs> guess what? He was very successful. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing I think that Drew has taught me is that when I was in the mode of um, – you know, first time parent with Carter, the developmental checklist, like in, you know, being an educator, you want to, you want your kid to check the boxes. 
you know, you don't want them to be, quote, behind. You know, your friend says, oh, you know, so-and-so is sleeping through the night and they're eating all vegetables and, <laughs> you know, everything that they're, you know, they're walking, they're talking, they're doing everything. And you don't want your kid to be the one that's behind, um, partly for yourself, quite frankly, if you're being honest, but, you know, more importantly for them. Um, but with Drew, honestly, he's just taught me that, to me, that that's a framework, that's a guideline, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to get where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, he might get there in a different way or, you know, in today's world, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that we have to do everything exactly the same. Just like, you know, yeah. not being able to spell, well, you can still be successful. Well, it's it's no different than like kids moving around the classroom, you know, like there's so many, I mean, there's a reason executive desks that you can bike at or that you can stand up at that yes. you can move around are there's so many different professionals who are choosing to incorporate those because they like to walk, talk, pace, they dictate into a computer. Like our world as adults, we tailor it to fit our needs, what we need to be able to be successful. And and I think one of the goals is helping teach children how they can foster that development. And so, you know, that is one of the beauties of homeschool is that you have a lot more freedom to be able to nurture those areas of strengths and weakness um, than probably we can find in a traditional classroom. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with a traditional classroom if it works for your child. Correct. But (laughs) the the problem becomes when there's some form, for whatever reason, it's not working. And for Drew, you know, with the sensory processing disorder, um, he, we can take breaks you know, as he needs them, or he loves like the exercise ball. He loves to, you know, lay across it and bounce or, you know, uh, we have a swing outside obviously, but we put one in our basement for the winter and he loves to, to swing. And so we have, I have the flexibility to say, Hey, let's go do that. And, you know, versus when I was a public school teacher, if one kid needs that, you know, stopping your math lesson to let one kid go do that is, you know, not really conducive to the public classroom. Well, you so. know, it's it's funny because I always think about my brother. Is He's good at math. He's very good at math in his head. <laughs> and so it was always frustrating because you could ask him any problem on the planet. You could ask him 100 problems, and he's going to be right pretty much every time as long as he gets to tell you. Have him write it down, and he hates it passionately. Mm. And all through, like, he, he'd tell you he hated it. He hated writing down and... Now, typing is a little bit different for him. He doesn't mind typing it in, but it it's just his strength was math, but the traditional form of how you got the, the information out wasn't. Um, it was not conducive, and it, it was a real pain in the rear for all of us, <laughs> but... Anyway, this is Hashtag Everyone, talking about Hashtag Everything, obviously, and we'll be right back for our last segment. Don't you think it's time for a financial advisor who takes time to explain things? Brad Kurz, your local Edward Jones financial advisor, does. Investing can seem complicated. That's why he takes time to listen, understands your needs, and explains without jargon. Experience the Edward Jones difference. Contact Brad today, 573-221-1302. That's 221-1302. Making time to take time. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Branching Out LLC, a premier lawn and landscaping service that can meet all your residential and commercial needs. Regardless of the season, Branching Out offers a service for maintenance-free outside living. Branching Out takes the time to listen to your needs and ensure it's done correctly the first time. 
If you're not satisfied, Branching Out is not satisfied. To contact Branching Out, call 573-501-0760 or visit them at www.branchingoutllc.com. I learn, I speak, I care. Hashtag every child. Down country, because every child is a gift. Every child can learn, and every child learns differently. Up at downcountry.com. Up at downcountry.com or call 217-617-3568, 217-617-3568, or visit Down Country on Facebook or Twitter. Hashtag every child. Good Sunday morning. This is Hashtag Everyone talking about Hashtag Everything. And I'm Kate Doherty, and my co-host is Heather Day, and our guest is Ann Hackler-Fouch. And oh, I guess I, I other times I just said Ann Fouch. I, I just know. had to toss the hackler in there. <laughs> anyway, we've been talking today about homeschooling as an option com- with public school, parochial school, and all these different choices. And talking about how we have a tendency to look at one or the other. I guess we didn't talk exactly. In the last five minutes, <laughs> listeners, we're going to talk about this. Like, here's the deal. I think we need to get away from going, ooh, public school is the only option. Parochial school is the only option. Homeschooling is the only option. What is the design? One, what is the design of the school? What are they operating under? What's the philosophy? What's going to work best for my for my particular child? Homeschooling, which is something Anne never thought she would do. You know, I, I, it, it, and none of us. I, I homeschooled for six months and was like, oh Lord, please. <laughs> I mean, and I love teaching, but I love teaching a room of thirty kids. Teaching one child is extremely hard. Um, and so for all the homeschooling moms out there, uh, wow, you guys are awesome, like truly. And because um, it, it is a commitment. Um, and but f- depending on your kiddo, it is also a great way to teach them to really love to learn um, and is an option. And I just feel like instead of throwing stones saying, well, this is I support public school. I support parochial school. Well, I'd never homeschool. I would homeschool. All those homeschool moms are out there eating granola. No, <laughs> they aren't. I don't even know if Anne likes granola. Like, stop it. You know, like let's 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 just be kinder to each other because each of us have specific reasons. And I think, again, back to you know, Drew has just taught me more than I could ever imagine in his seven years. And I've certainly become more patient. I've become more understanding. I've become less judgmental, (laughs) Um, less judgmental about kids Mm -hmm. and the way they may act or behave, less judgmental about parents and how they are parenting um, in public. (laughs) And um, honestly, about schooling. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I'm a former public school teacher, and I've I certainly enjoyed it. And um, like I said, you know, Carter's in public school and that's what works for him. I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, I think public school is a better choice for Carter. Mm -hmm. Um, But for Drew, um, he's definitely taught me that, you know, being homeschooled is what where he's going to thrive. So I think um, just being open to whatever your child needs and, you know, not everybody has the choice to pay for private school or, you know, not have to have a job that Mm -hmm. and they that they have the flexibility to homeschool so but I think you know the bottom line is doing what's best for your kid with whatever whatever that may be yeah well and I think you know at the beginning I said you know parents have the right 
The U.S. Constitution guarantees uh, the right for parents to make education and medical-related decisions for their children. But actually, more than that, children's are, children are gifts from God. And, Absolutely. And I, I personally, and I know Down Country's philosophy, uh, is that the children are gifts on God, and they're, they're on loan to us. And so it is our job and our duty and our calling as their parents to to do what we feel is absolutely for the very best um, of their interest. And I, I, you know, I I think I'll forever defend a parent's right to make the choices that they believe are in the best interest of their of their child. Um, Typical, non-typical, because part of this is also we probably need to get rid of that label um, and just start doing what's right for each and every kid um, based on what those needs because if if they aren't learning, we aren't growing as as a people. So, yeah. I don't know. It's been it's been a pleasure, Anne. Well, thank I, you. Thank you. I can't wait to see, guys. I cannot wait to see what conference she's going to pick because <laughs> now that she's vetted, <laughs> she's got a whole year to find some really cool conference. So I have a funny feeling we'll be having her back when she gets back from. Well, heck, Australia. It, it'll probably be Australia <laughs> or London or somewhere like that that we're sending Ooh, her. But London, let's yeah. do that. <laughs> well, I mean, all the research is from Europe on yeah, this. So, UK. but but what a cool um, gift to be able to have here in the tri-states some information on this particular um, strand of autism that uh, that we can maybe share with some other parents whose kiddos are are are. I bet there's. I, I have a funny feeling there's a lot more out there than what we know about. I'm yeah. sure there is. And thank you, Down Country, for. No. I learn. Thank you. So it's that I good. can learn more. <laughs> well, I'm, we, we, we're delighted with all of our iLearn Scholarship recipients. All right, Heather, you want to sign us off this happy Sunday morning? <laughs> hashtag every child. Hashtag everything. Oh! I don't know. All right. <laughs> there we go. Hashtag everyone talking about hashtag everything. Well, <laughs> have a blessed Sunday. Hey.